0: What do you need?
1: Fresh water, better food, exercise.
0: Specifically, we need
1: antibiotics, acetaminophen, iodine tablets, multivitamins.
0: Make a list of all you need, and I'll make sure you get it. Yeah! In exchange for that, we have to give up our dental plan. <laughs> so long, dental plan! <laughs>
1: this is the extra hawk rate podcast episode 217 for the week of september 3rd 2018 (laughs) i am end of honor champion david t cole and i'm here with country and western torture playlist sarah d bunting weirdly all my exes are from texas free loving ebola expert tara ariano
2: get in these scrub pants
1: Secretary of Defensiveness, Caitlin McFarlane.
3: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: And CI (laughs) Ageless, Emily Gibson.
4: My birthday is next week and I'm not aging a day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Extra Hot Great. We have two wonderful first time guests, Caitlin McFarlane and Emily Gibson from the ATX Television Festival. Hello. 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 Hi welcome um we are here today to talk about jack ryan we're starting to get into the period where there's just a shit ton of premieres coming and you chose this from a list of several different options caitlin why don't we start with you what was it about jack ryan that that you wanted to that made you intrigued about it enough to have it be our lead topic This is
1: it because you're both (laughs) ex-marines
2: Totally (laughs) how did you know (laughs) uh they're not allowed to tell
5: you that dave come on (laughs)
3: Uh, It's 100 percent Carlton Cuse. He's come to the festival a couple of times and we just find him very interesting and sort of the way that he works with writers and the different shows that he picks. So we were kind of curious what he would do with such a longstanding franchise.
2: Okay, And how do you think he did? We'll throw this to Emily. What were your what are your uh, high level opinions of Jack Ryan?
4: High level is, I would say, it is a solid spy thriller. Uh, It's not really my genre, so I can't say I have a lot to compare it to. And I realized that, I mean, I haven't seen Clear and Present Danger in at least 20 years. So I was (laughs) trying to go back and remember what that was like versus what this is like. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I love John Krasinski, and I love watching him on screen. I don't know if this is the most charming that I've ever seen him, but... (laughs) It was a solid performance.
2: Okay, thank you, because that was one of my big questions about this, which is, what makes John uh, Krasinski want to do this show at this point in his career? Even if you grant that this was probably under development pre A Quiet Place coming out, like, now he's a director, this seems like kind of a step back in terms of, like, the progress of his career versus you know what he wants to do. What was he doing before
1: before a quiet place? Like, you know, the Leatherheads franchise didn't take off.
2: Well he wasn't that Benghazi movie. He wasn't wasn't exactly in high
1: demand. Like
2: I suppose. I mean, I felt like he was still around. And and yes, it's true that in terms of feature films, like thirteen hours is closer to Jack Ryan than a quiet place is in terms of (laughs) politics. But like it seems I don't know that his audience necessarily wants to see him being this guy versus doing another sitcom if he was gonna be doing a T Oh. I don't know. It's,
4: it's so j- true though, because I know you really want him to be Jim Halpert. I mean I love yeah. Jim Halpert with all my being, but you want people to be able to do something different and play different roles and try new things. I don't know if I believe him as a
2: CIA agent, but I'm officer. I'm
4: officer i'm so sorry
2: i'm so sorry he's an analyst (laughs) yeah and and also one who's like he starts out as a nerd and then they have to you know they layer in this backstory of like well he was also you know deployed he was a marine so he also knows tactical stuff whatever fine but then it's like okay he was like working a desk two weeks ago and now he knows everything about everything like he's the detective goran of the cia which is that's totally i don't know sarah what did you think
5: um i do not care for krasinski generally so i liked him in this and i didn't need him to be sort of like goofy floppy haired sitcom guy because i didn't like that guy um with that said uh i am always happier when you're just talking about the money like follow the money buncy likes that (laughs) um but uh like there's enough of that there's enough of like you know, code cracking and tradecraft, and then at the end of every episode there is an unbelievable expenditure of ordinance that like everybody within eighty-eight city blocks should have been killed, not just a handful of people. And then another episode starts and you're, you know, back at the office doing not the office, but <laughs> his office. <laughs> that that's a very different show and I'm not I'm not sure I wouldn't want to watch it. But I, I don't know, like I I don't have the same expectations for Krasinski that I think a lot of people do, ergo I was fine with this, but he's definitely more convincing as the guy who figures out what they're doing with the phones than he is being the guy in the bulletproof vest, like Jack Bowering around but isn't that,
3: isn't that what Jack Ryan is? Like, I mean, I had to go back and look at how big the franchise was and how many people had played them, but it's supposed yeah. to be kind of the nerdy, unassuming guy that's a little professorial that like all of a sudden can save the world, which does go into Krasinski's sort of model. But I, I think my overall feeling of it in general was like, it was way more procedural than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And... I I don't know that I needed eight hours of it. I want want to like it more than I do. Ultimately, it's like a little too much terrorism for me. And I I understand that that's the point, but I don't know that I want to live there.
4: Reduce
1: terrorism by, oh, let's say 30%.
2: It does feel like it could have gotten it done in six episodes. Like eight was a little much. I agree. But Dave also had to watch it with me complaining a lot about the politics of it. So (laughs) let's talk about that a little bit. Just a little. I mean, I I, I feel like part of the problem with this show is that, you know, it doesn't want to be Homeland or 24. It doesn't want to be like the flashpoint of like getting a lot of critique for being. How shall I put this? racist, which (laughs) has been an issue with both of those series, you know, over time. And so I feel like it tries to throw in, you know, uh, moments that, that show you the antagonist's humanity and like how they got to where they are. And then other moments where like, for example, a French police officer is asking Jack Ryan, like, how can you justify working for the U.S. government, given all the terrible things the U.S. government does. And those are valid, but I also feel like the show is just bringing them up to bring them up and then not really delving into what the question is or giving a satisfactory Oh, they don't do answer. anything with
1: all of that. Like all of the sort of ethical dilemmas that Jack Ryan faces being a Boy Scout in a dog-eat-dog environment is that yeah. he will bring up that he is morally conflicted and then just sort of putter around and do nothing about it. So the show is sort of like having its cake and eating it too. I was like, well, well, we want credit for bringing up that this could be a bad thing they're doing, but we don't mm-hmm. want to stop anything from happening. Like, Like, that is sort of like the only evolution of sort of the formula from where tom clancy was in the 90s writing all this like for me this show is basically dude airport novel the tv show right <laughs> like this is yeah. the kind of yeah. stuff that people 40 to 65 year old dudes in airports are reading from 1992 to the present right <laughs> it is actually a really good adaptation of a tom clancy project it's just not very sophisticated in its point of view and its execution for 2018. Like it's still sort of trapped in a a couple decades behind us. And it shows. And it kinda yeah. can be frustrating when their reaction, their sort of like tip of the hat to time has passed is these just fleeting moments of Jack Ryan being all snooty because the world isn't quite as black and white as he would like.
2: Yeah. Was this a problem for you? I'll throw it to Caitlin. Did did you think that these efforts were necessary? Did they work for you, or did it just slow things down?
3: I think it probably just slowed things down. But I completely agree that it feels strangely dated. Like, it, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like, yeah. it's not exactly Homeland and everything else. It's just like there. I might talk about this with another show a little bit later. But that, like, ultimately it felt to me like I've seen this before and if I wanted to see it again, I could go watch one of the five movies and that feels a little harsh, but it, it didn't feel like it was doing anything (coughs) really different enough to warrant me spending that amount of time with them.
2: Yeah. Emily, what do you think? Yeah, that's, Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
5: Uh, That's about where I was with it, that it's like, well, we have a homeland and that one is like out there enough. I'm not sure I need I'm not sure I need another one. And this one doesn't have Saul. Like, it has Bunk Mm -hmm. instead of Saul. (laughs) But it's not quite... I mean, uh, there were some, like, little things to like about it that I enjoyed. But uh, it's, like, sort of on the character actor level. Like, we have Fickner 2018. And this guy who's playing... What's his name? Matisse. Or, like, Garth is one of his codenames. He's, like, William Fickner meets Bradley Whitford. special ops guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the one who has the country and Western right. playlist. He's right. <laughs> like, I'm more of a George Strait guy. I mean, yeah, I'm into him. I also think it's pretty amazing that Timothy Hutton is just completely leaned in to the point of being submerged into this like new um, typecast that he is, which is this like um, gelidly amoral middle management like twat corp guy um he's really good at it now i get i mean i had a huge crush on this kid in like the turk 182 era sure and he's not crushable anymore but he like is crushing it as a like douche it's like an associate vice <laughs> douche which is what he always seems to play now so there was some stuff that i enjoyed um i wasn't bored but it was like once, you know, once I reached a stopping point and went to do something else, I was hard pressed to see why I should pick it up again because we we already have this.
1: I think I know what soured you to this show, and this takes place about ten minutes into episode uh, one. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Ryan, tough loss for your O's last night. Could be worse, Harold.
5: Could be a Mets fan. <laughs> oh, I had an all caps note about that shit. <laughs> You're the worst team in baseball. Fuck you. <laughs>
2: Especially since you know Krasinski Thank is a you, Red Dave. Sox fan. That's like a double fuck you to you personally, Sarah.
5: Yeah. I. But Dave, I feel seen. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I propose that as the intro. If we're talking about people that we have crushes on, can we talk about the um, brother of the main terrorist played by Haas Sleiman? Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong from The Visitor because holy shit, that guy's so hot. So hot. <laughs> Hot with someone's face on that. his and a corpse face on him in, a, in an army base, like just real foxy, my opinion.
0: yeah.
2: I have to I, say, I the mean, corpse face.
5: Go- oh, that was awful.
2: Oh, the corpse okay. face, I
4: didn't. I realized when they brought in the bodies, and to be fair, I've only seen the first two episodes. I watched things very slowly, so the That's fact fine. that I've seen two is a big deal. But when they brought in <laughs> the corpse face, I was like, okay, there's obviously something happening here. And I Mm -hmm. are they alive? Are they not really
2: dead? And that I didn't
4: see coming. That was the one twist so far that I was like, oh, that that got me. I wasn't sure how they were going to do this.
2: Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Some of their, I mean, I won't spoil the end of the series because as much as I bitched about it. We watched all of it. We watched all eight episodes because it happens. It goes down easy. Like it's it, politically, yeah. it's it's not great, but like it's really well made. It's it's effective and and it's it's very highly watchable. I would say.
0: Yeah,
1: it is definitely it. the airport novel of TV shows and everything that <laughs> it really is. Like it, it's 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 very consumable. Even though as you're watching it, you're like, mm, you know, yeah. some Which of the stuff you have doing.
3: to say. Is nice that it is like Amazon where you can watch them. Yeah. You can watch them all at once, right? Yeah. Like there that's what it has going for it in today's TV viewing is when you're looking to consume something, you don't have to wait week to week when you totally. may have sort of teetered off on week yeah. three. You're like, Well, I'm here. Fine. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Like if <laughs> exactly. I had to wait a week in between episode one and episode two, like episode one, I was like, eh, episode two. And then like we just kinda got into a rhythm where we just watched them all, but like If there were seven days in between those, I would have forgotten about it. For sure. It's it's not top-tier prestige television. But Um, it's very watchable.
4: I do have... I think the biggest thing that annoyed me... From the first episode, was that they had to show how smart he was by the fact that he could answer Jeopardy questions. Uh,
0: I know I wrote that down <laughs> too. Oh my,
5: Yeah, I, that is. That can not we just it. put that away it. for like oh. five years as a
0: signifier?
5: Like oh. As a signifier. like, oh my god, we get I, it. Not only getting yeah. Jeopardy questions
1: right, but getting Jeopardy questions right that nobody on the game show were getting right. It yep. was all the yeah. Oh I mean, yeah.
3: yeah, he wasn't yeah, answering yeah. them correctly though because they were not in Jeopardy format. They were not <laughs> yeah, which I think disqualifies him. <laughs> a hundred percent
4: if that's the way that we have to show that they're smart these days i mean can't we do a little something different to show that he's a genius
2: <laughs> also they established already like they had people calling him dr ryan like he's smart we can we we, we oh, get it dr. we ryan. accept that
1: uh one thing i noticed in in this uh, uh show and it was kind of funny because we watched another geopolitical thriller uh season two of a show called occupied which is from norway And it's about a Russian invasion of Norway and sort of resistant movement that that pops up. And one of the things that an exiled PM does to talk to uh, sort of his government uh, buddies still around in Norway is they talk through a video game. They sort of like use the in-game chat to talk shop. And they do that in Jack Ryan, too. But the execution between the two is so night and day like In Occupy, they actually use a real video game, and they're just walking around, they use their headsets, and they chat after doing a code check. In Jack Ryan, they're playing this fake game called End of Honor, which is sort of like this medieval knight something or other game. And uh, the mock, it's not a real game, and they did such a poor job of making it look like a real game. Whoever did the interface for it, and this is like a problem generally with shows that don't use real properties, is they just don't know what a video game looks like or just can't figure it out and it ends up looking like a web page from like 2006 (laughs) like everything is blocky the kerning the fonts are all off and for some reason they like for some reason they're typing in this game and not just chatting on their microphones like every game does now um
2: and it's a console game too pardon me it's a console game, at least in France. He's playing on a console, not a yeah, computer. Yeah,
1: and the game magically translates French into English and vice versa, which does not happen. That's not the way it works. I'm um, was just, fru- i always frustrated by computer and video game interfaces in pop culture, and this was no exception. Boom. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily, do you think you will finish it? In the fullness uh, of time?
4: You know... That's a good question. I, I feel like, yes, I will. I'm going to veto that. I know. I know. (laughs) Let's be honest. I'm not going to. It's only
3: because, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. The fact that all eight episodes are there is great for someone like me. I can tell you all the things I watched in this four day weekend. And it was a whole bunch because I did nothing else. Mm She is week to week. Like she's got a challenge going to catch up with Game of Thrones for oh, yeah. the final season. And it's a one episode a week. And she started last December and she's on track. So I started but last I mean, September. it's one episode a week. Last September. I just September. hit my Excuse year mark me.
4: of watching. Oh my God. <laughs> An episode a week. What,
3: what are you in season six? What are you in? I will start season six this week. Wow. Yeah. See, this, so she's not watching the rest of Jack Ryan. I'm just, I, no <laughs> offense, Emily. I know you want to, and you want to be supportive of Carlton and John and Amazon and everyone else. <laughs> but there's a long list of things. <laughs> that, I mean, you did you finally watch Killing Eve? I mean, I'm not. I'm I not did. I watched the finale
4: of Killing Eve Great. a couple weeks ago, and I there you go. go.
3: It just takes me forever to watch things. I, I just
4: like to soak them in and really exist in them. I will say though, this is a good, and this is not a knock, but this is a good treadmill show for me. In mm. a oh yeah, yeah. No, there's it's enough. It's enough fast pace and. Where some people may think a treadmill show is one that you just kind of put on the background. It's actually one that I focus on more. The only thing that might get me is the subtitles because they're very hard to read. Oh, yeah. On, yes. That's like a small true. screen. But I will say there is a there is a chance that that might be something that I run to because it's got a good pace yeah. to it.
2: All that's right. a
3: good point. I'll give in to
2: that one. Jack Ryan, Treadmill Show. That's, that's really the most you can hope for. <laughs> yeah.
3: Dude Airport compliment. Novel slash Treadmill Show. <laughs>
5: slash Hotel TV. Who can yep. say?
3: Yes, yes. Completely.
1: It is time to go around the doll talking about something we're watching on TV these days. First stop, Tara, take it away.
2: Well, we watched, I have two items today. I'll start with the uh, the more adult one. We watched the first two episodes of USA's adaptation of The Purge. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast the day it came out, only one has aired so far last night. Um, this is okay. I mean, it's, kind, It's I won't say it's an anthology show, but it's sort of, I mean, you know what the premise of The Purge is. And so this is sort of like, it, it's. it follows, I guess, three and a half storylines. Dave, would you say? sure um so there's one where there's a guy who's just come back from being deployed and he's trying to find his sister and their parents were killed in the first purge and she has fallen in this is the half a storyline she's fallen in with like this cult where they drive around in a bus on purge night and like volunteer to get purged and so he's trying to find her before she gets killed basically then there's a woman who works in finance, and we find out, I believe in the first episode, that she is has a ra- essentially bought a hit person to go and kill someone. And it seems like we know who it probably is, but I feel like there might still be a twist that reveals it's not who it seems like it's going to be. And in her storyline is William Baldwin,
6: <laughs>
2: which oh. like, that's eh, about right um he's the biggest li- name on the show for sure it's a whole bunch of nobodies <laughs> that i've never seen before the woman who's who's you in think his he likes line. to run the
1: set he's like a big man on on campus yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah uh she also played the mayor uh in the first season of the leftovers i can't i don't know the actress's name but her and then in the third storyline there's these um a couple is going to a purge party that's run by the new founding fathers of America, who are basically the GOP plus who have created the purge. And, uh, so they're, you know, gross and awful. And this couple is like, feels weird about it, but they're going to try and kiss up to the host of the party. who's played by the ageless Reed diamond. He's the second most famous person on the show. Um, he's like some big state muckety muck in this new creepy party. Um, And their backstory is that they had a threesome with the guy's daughter and everyone is weird about it. And also the guy in the couple looks really a lot like Jared Kushner. So this is the least subtle of the storylines by far. It's fine. I mean, I'm not a huge person other than American Horror Story. I don't super love horror TV shows. And I know there's been a proliferation of them since Walking Dead, but I find them like kind of unsatisfying. I don't know. Dave, what did you think of it?
1: I think that. The TV show The Purge and all the Purge movies in general are like lesser versions of series seven.
0: Yeah. I don't know how many people
1: have seen series seven, but it is like a really great take on sort of the dystopian manhunt genre, if it can be Mm -hmm. called a genre. Um, There is comedic elements. It is sort of absurdist in series seven, but The Purge takes itself so seriously, even though its premise is so stupid. Yeah, And some (laughs) of the stuff that happens in The Purge is so stupid. Like, I think it's the first episode. There's sort of like a game show within The Purge that happens. And it's like, it is done, presented so mirthlessly that it's just like such a missed opportunity. Now, if they kind of took the TV show as an opportunity to turn The Purge more into something like Series 7, that would have been great. Because actually, Series 7 is extremely watchable. And Series Mm 7 is a little more like... The Purge meets Survivor, like it's actually more of a a, a formatted game show in the universe, which makes yeah. it more fun. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: What is Series Seven? On? So Series
1: who Seven is a movie, show? and it stars uh Tarant West Bentley and
2: yeah, um not West Bentley, no. the other guy, oh. <laughs> the guy that looks exactly like him who. I have to look him up. Glenn Fitzgerald from um, Fentley from Flirting yeah, okay. with Disaster and Brooke Smith from Silence of the Lambs are the okay. are the leads. And Merritt yeah. Weaver is in it as a teeny tiny oh, little child. Love her. That's amazing.
1: And it's sort of the same idea. There's like this national lottery, and then like people who are picked have to go into this survival game. So it's got very similar elements. Except Series Seven is just like it's actually fun to to watch. It's like generally fun and 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 kind of goofy, um, but very violent. At the same time, and that's what The Purge should have should have been, and it's not, yeah. and it's kind of the Purge makes you feel a little dirty after you watch it, like, you know, <laughs> like there's no, you know, there's nothing to soothe you about it.
2: Yeah, Series 7 is much more satiric. I just looked it up and it's not streaming anywhere at all, really? which is unimaginable. Yeah, it's not even like on iTunes, so wow. seek. Buy the DVD. I, tr- promise me, it, I promise you it's worth it. I would also recommend, along the same lines as The Purge, The Belko Experiment, which is currently on HBO Go. Um, and it's also a film <clears throat> with uh, Tony Goldwyn, John Gallagher Jr. from uh, the newsroom, others. And it's a similar thing where people are trapped in this building and they're told by an unseen voice that they have to kill each other at certain intervals <laughs> or else they will start getting killed. And um, I just watched it last week, and it's it's much it's much smarter. It's more along the series seven lines. Also, just to backtrack for one second to Jack Ryan, because I forgot to say this when we were talking about it. Storyline with the drone pilot never came up in our discussion, perhaps because some of the people didn't get far enough for it. Uh, it's really dumb. It's like that's for sure the worst thing about the first season of Jack Ryan. It's like handled in this awful, stupid, ham-handed way of this like grief-stricken, remorseful drone pilot guy. If you're interested in that story done well, um, "Eye in the Sky" is also uh, it's streaming. I just I looked it up while we were watching the show. It's on Stars. It's a feature film with um, Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. It's and Helen Mirren. It's great. It's a, basically in real time. I want to say it. right, Dave.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
2: It's really good. Yep. <clears throat> the Purge is fine. I mean, we watched the first two, as I said. I don't know if I would continue watching it.
1: No, I mean, I I definitely can skip it. The other problem with The Purge is like, you know, they have that diverse cast, but everybody is is out of central casting. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like, there's no imagination in the characters that are happening uh, in the show. And and there's nobody you really want to root for. Like, the guy is looking for his sister in the cult. Like, wow, that sister, just let her go, dude. That's like, that's (laughs) like. (laughs) 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 And the cult's going to end up being a for-profit entity, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the storyline there. But Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, just like such a great, stupid, dumb concept for a piece of entertainment. They just sort of squandered it being too serious, too macho. You, know, yeah. to everything.
2: Yeah. you can also imagine a Ryan Murphy taking this concept and mm-hmm. doing something like really perverse and weird with it versus this, which is just like eh, it's very average. And then some, occasionally someone gets hacked up with an axe off screen. Yep. Anyway, at the opposite end of the spectrum, I also watched <laughs> all of Anne with an E this week, <laughs> which is on Netflix.
1: If, if I may, Tara, next time you have something like this, you should do you should alternate episodes. What <laughs> episode of The Purge. You know, cleanse your palate with yeah. a with a, and with a knee, and then get back to the the violence.
2: Sure,
4: yeah, that's a hundred percent something that I would do. <laughs> Absolutely, that's something that I would do.
2: It wouldn't it wouldn't quite balance out because there's ten and with the knees, and we only got three the purges. But anyway, this is season two of the Anne of Green Gables adaptations on Netflix. Um, I think it's coming to CBC in Canada later this year. I it's it's still good it's very sweet i imagine if you know there was a tween in my life i would enjoy watching it with him or more likely her um but the and the and i also appreciate in theory the way that they have tried to expand upon the world of the book by bringing in like making it not so uh bound by its actual time so we have like a major um non-white character this season. Gilbert goes to work on a ship and he meets this Trinidadian fellow, you know, coal Stoker and spends some time with him in Trinidad and brings him back to Avonlea and, you know, then they can get into, like, prejudice and stuff. And that's all very interesting and fine. Where you kind of lose me is when... (laughs) Gilbert Bly from Avonlea, Prince Edward Island, is in Trinidad, happens to be walking by a brothel at a time when a pregnant woman gets thrown out by her brothel mother, goes into labor, and this, like, 14-year-old kid from fucking Prince Edward Island delivers her baby. Like, I get what you're trying to do. This is supposed to tell us, like, this is how he figures out he wants to be a doctor. But come on. (laughs) Cara, Come on.
1: (laughs) Babies are, are just human potatoes waiting to be (laughs) dug up from mother earth
2: totally anyway it's 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 a very sweet season the show is really cute and it's extremely earnest it's like it really the diametric opposite of the purge in every way so if you liked season one other than the ridiculous plots sometimes uh season two is still also very good and for my plug I will mention that Netflix also just got season eight of The Great British Bake Off, a.k.a. the first post-Mary and Mel and Sue season, which aired in the U.K. around this time last year.
1: Why is that so that's so long? Holy! Cow. I know. Yeah. I know.
2: I think there was like some wrangling with whether PBS was maybe going to get it. And then yeah. PBS, we have found out subsequently, is never going to air that's that Show anymore, like new seasons that are being produced because now it's being produced for commercial. I
1: feel like when PBS touches a show from England, the timeline gets seriously screwed up. Like they didn't, they don't don't honor everybody's desire to see the show on basically the same schedule as the rest of the universe.
2: Right. So PBS has just finished airing season five of what they call the Great British Baking Show. So I have no idea. Whatever. This is this. This is the first season with the new hosting and uh, half judging team.
1: Which was fine. Yeah. Everybody was so worried about the judge change. And it was exactly the same show. Like no worries about the new cast.
2: Yes, Dave covered uh, a bunch of these because as we were doing season eight last year, uh, Adam was traveling a lot. But we covered all of them on the Two Spotted Dicks podcast on this very network, and we are surfacing them again. So uh, if you want reminders, go to previously.tv or follow at previously.tv. We're re re relinking all of the... Podcast posts and the visual aids. So you can yeah. follow along. If you In the episodes that Netflix. I'm in,
1: I had a lot of very strong opinions about desserts, which affected yeah. the other hosts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, check it out. Yeah. All right. On to Caitlin. What do you have?
3: Uh, well, this took me a little bit, but... So I spent the entire Labor Day weekend in my house cleaning and watching television like a good TV fan. Um, and it made me think when you were saying that you should alternate The Purge and Anne with an E. I kind of did that with Ozark and Pose.
2: I hadn't watched <laughs> nice. any of
3: Pose. Pose, Ozark. And, uh, and so Ozark needed some lightening up from time to time. And so I'd watch a couple of episodes of Pose, which I could talk about both of them. Obviously, Pose has been out for a little bit. Um, it is a beautiful, loving gorgeous Ryan Murphy show. Sometimes his shows are not gorgeous and they do lots of weird things. And there's something just really beautiful about the show. And I could talk about it a lot, but the reason Ozark is the one I'm going to talk about is I did not love season one. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but it almost kind of ties into the Jack Ryan thing. When it came out, I watched all of it. I am a binger, unlike Emily. Um, And I watched all of it and was like, I love a a dark Jason Bateman. I like it when he goes goes deep. Um, but it felt like it wasn't really any different than anything else that we have been seeing in terms of that world of tr- drug money laundering and terrible anti heroes villains. Like they were just always in trouble and always upping the stakes for some terrible thing that they had to do. Um, so I watched all of Ozark season one, but I just Didn't really care the way some of the rest of the world seemed to care about. Um, But, of course, it showed up on my Netflix on Friday, August 31st. And I had a whole Labor Day weekend in front of me and it was there. (laughs) And so I watched all of it. Um, And I I literally can't tell you if it's just building on season one. And so I'm invested (laughs) somehow got tricked or if it's actually good and better. With Ozark, I think the thing that it was really interesting about season one, two of the only things that I really liked about season one were Julia Garner's character. Um, She plays Ruth Langmore, who's from a trailer park, and sort of all of life has been against her, or for her to sort of end up the way of a criminal. Uh, And when Jason Bateman comes to town, she kind of sees him as being an answer to—I don't know about prayers, but in terms of showing her a way out and way to sort of build things on her own. And her decision-making process is just really interesting in the show. And she's just extremely interesting looking and sort of fascinating to watch. Um, And the other person that I really liked in season one was an actor by the name of Mark Minchaka, who I wasn't familiar with. He plays Russ Langmore, who ends up is a Ruth's uncle and, uh, ends up in a romantic relationship with the FBI agent that's investigating sort of everyone. Um, but it was just a, a really fascinating relationship that was one of the only things in season one that I felt I hadn't seen before. And so season two, the thing that I think was really interesting was the way they use the two of them, but also the way they build out Laura Linney's character. I think season one sort of starts with uh, a marriage on the rocks. And so Jason Bateman's not really spending a lot of time with her and their their marriage is just not all that interesting. He's doing a lot of things on his own and sort of hiding them from the family. And in season two, they really kind of double down together and become, I don't know if they're exactly crime bosses yet, but there's, it's sort of setting up a, a really big thing for season three, but that she gets to be a lot more interesting. And there's, there's another female character from the drug cartel, from the Mexican drug cartel that's a lawyer, um, that, that those characters really got brought out in season two. And so I, I did it. I did all of them in a weekend, <laughs> alternating with Pose. So I got a lot of glitter mixed up with a lot of
2: dark <laughs> Ozarks. <laughs> um,
3: but I, I just really loved both of them.
2: Awesome. I always uh, like when you hear a show got better. Like it's so, so rare that anyone sticks around to see if it does. So.
3: Well, and, and here's my thing. I don't know if anybody else in my life is going to watch it. My question is really, you know, when you're in the inside and you don't exactly know, I, I almost don't know that I'd go as far to say it got better. It might be the I exact see. same as season one. I just kind of gave in and was right. familiar <laughs> with it and uh-huh. sort of had, it's, it's the thing about like, honestly, even Pose was this way. The pilot, is Pose's pilot is very long. And I had this thought when it was over of like, not that I was in love with the show or not in love with it, but like, this is going to sound like a very obvious statement, but when you start something, you don't know them yet. Right. Uh, so like, it's hard to be invested from the get-go uh, and to care what they're doing and to care about these characters. And so I think it's really interesting even going back and rewatching shows that I've come to love because I just really got to know those characters. And if I go back and watch the pilot, I'm like, oh. I know you now. I'm going to forgive mm-hmm. you for all of these things. <laughs> <'Cause> like <laughs> at the beginning it was like it was harder and yeah. it's just there's no way to know outside of yourself obviously. Uh what what that barometer is. Right. So it's very meta. But <laughs> um and, and then, for your plug? Yes, for my plug I am plugging um our new podcast. It is called The TV Campfire. Um, We've been doing it a couple of months now. But I specifically want to plug our first, we did an original series that led into panels that we're releasing from the festival. So we've been releasing a lot of live conversations from the festival, be them about shows or topics. But our first five episodes were these sort of really curated conversations between one or two people um, that were done in a studio and Sort of highly produced, if you will. Um, and I want to plug specifically an episode that's called Complex, Not Complicated. Um, and it is with Justina Machado and Gloria Calderon Kellett. Ooh. Uh, yep, creator of One Day at a Time and star of One Day at a Time. And it came out of being inspired from a festival panel about actors and female creators talking about a look at women characters, both on screen and off screen, sort of the role of women in television and and what they've seen get better and just telling all of these stories. But what I really love about what happened in the room with Justina and Gloria is it became about every issue (laughs) (laughs) that is not that you want to, you know, it's not complicated. It's complex. Complicated has this really negative sort of connotation, Uh, but complex is this layered issue and so they talk about race and gender and sexuality and it's just becomes these two women who know each other very well and are working together sort of talking about life and i love it
2: people should check it out we'll link it in the show notes awesome
5: sarah d bunting Uh, In another iteration of Previously.TV, the Big Family Cooking Showdown is a show that I would have written up for what we called the show shot clock feature, uh, in which we let readers know how long we had lasted before bailing on an episode, (laughs) or conversely, when it had won us over, which did happen. Um, I heard about Cooking Showdown from a knitting group colleague. Is this the mumsiest thing I've ever said? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Until I find a podcast where I can mention that I make my own coasters for now. Yes, it is. Uh, anyway, it's a British cooking show hosted by my very favorite British Bake Off winner, Nadia Hussein. Uh Ooh. So I really assumed that I would watch at least a whole episode and would probably end up like binging the whole season. Listener, I did not. Um, Even skipping ahead past the premiere in the hopes that the talent would unstiffen a tad, I could not get much further than eight or 10 minutes in. Uh, Speaking of the show notes, we will link to Stuart Heritage's impatiently frigid takedown in The Guardian. (laughs) Um, But he dismissed the show as, quote, bland, awkward, and awful. And that was just in the headline. The subhead followed up with Insufferable and Samey, and the Peace Clocks cooking showdown in hilariously snotty fashion for poor pacing hosts who seem to have only just met, and Judge Giorgio Locatelli's accidentally amusing habit of acting like he's about to serial kill someone. <laughs> uh, the Beeb announced a few months back that it is bringing the show back, but it's swapping out the entire hosting and judging team for a like celebrity MasterChef uk winner and some other person so the rest of y'all nadia stands, are better off just watching her bake-off season on the pbs app which is um what i was alternating on the weekend tennis bake-off tennis <laughs> bake-off <laughs> nice. um yeah it was disappointing but like everything about it is just weird like nadia doesn't get to really do anything that made her so charming she is wearing all of the makeup it's just not It's not a good show. I'm sorry to say. Too bad. Speaking of Beeb disappointments, for my plug, um, this week, The Blotter Presents is all about tennis-adjacent crimes. And no, I am not talking about Brad Gilbert's fucking asinine nicknames for various players in the ESPN coverage. Or am I? Uh, I'm not. Uh, For a while, it looked like I wouldn't be talking about anything because the internet ate the entire second half of the episode. But I am... Discussing match fixing with Dan Brady and then Roscoe Tanner with myself. So if you like tennis or podcasts or people on podcasts about tennis who mutter Margaret goddammit, it a lot, uh, <laughs> Blotter episode 67 is your jam. And uh, with a little assistance from the um, podcasting gods, that will be dropping as you are listening to this, wherever fine podcasts are heard and also mine. Emily.
4: So for me, uh, as been previously discussed, it takes me a very long time to watch any show. If I love it, I try and relish and make it stretch as long as possible. So I have been watching Halt and Catch Fire for the first time. Woo! I (laughs) love the show. I love the show so much. I saw the pilot at South by Southwest. It premiered at South by Southwest. Gosh. I mean, the year before it premiered. So six years ago, five years ago. And... uh, didn't really think it was necessarily for me for anyone that doesn't know it's about uh computers in da- starting in Dallas Texas in the 1980s doesn't sound that intriguing or that exciting so I saw the pilot and it's really four main characters that you're dealing with and I just didn't really connect to any of them wasn't my jam but then people kept talking about this show and our office all of our office staff here at the festival lo- fell in love with it <laughs> wouldn't stop talking about it kept going on and on until finally I was like okay well, I think Kate, you watched it first, right?
3: I did. Jen made a very strong plea for me to get <laughs> to episode six specifically. And if I didn't like it by episode six, I could give up. But if I liked it by then, I could keep going. And I I fell hard and deep for them, specifically the ladies. Yeah. And that's
4: really what it is. I mean, I pretty much, I watch a couple episodes a week. Every few days I sit down and just completely tune in watch the episode and season one is great all the characters are incredibly interesting and they all have moments that you fall in love with them and the moments that you want to wring their necks (laughs) but once you get to season two and it really focuses on the two women um Mackenzie Davis and Carrie Bechet the actresses and their partnership, I think part of it maybe is being half of a female partnership. You understand yep. a lot of things that about what it, these women—no, not at all—about <laughs> uh, what these women are going through, and really trying to start something different. And the way they communicate, one of us may be a lot like one, one of us may be a lot like <laughs> the other one. I'm not going to say which ones, but really <laughs> how you look at these four characters and how they each partner up in different ways. I don't think I've seen a show that has that incredible ensemble, and really, I mean, even including John Bosworth, the fifth character. And with that, like, their relationships together are so, they're just fascinating, and they're so deep. And then you also, where we are with computers and where we are with the internet right now, knowing where this is going and knowing what's going to Like, you kind of even know what's going to happen before they do, but you don't know how exactly they're going to handle it. I'm just... I'm obsessed. And so I just finished season three, which has a big time jump at the end of season three that I did not see coming. And I'm about to start season four. And I'm I'm still going to pace myself, but I would say I'll be done by the end of September, which is a big deal. Such Uh, a good show.
1: (laughs) Really great show that really, like the second season was such an improvement on the first season. Like that that direction change they made was amazing. Yeah.
4: You talk about a show getting better each season, which as we've said, like doesn't really happen that often. This Mm -hmm. was such a show that each season has been so building on top of it. And each episode, each episode is so interesting that there hasn't been
2: a weak one yet. Yep, hundred percent. Real that's talk. The
3: fun fact is, sorry, that that's the show that I was talking about. That when I went back to rewatch the pilot after getting to the end of four, I liked oh. the pilot way more than I did at the beginning. It was like, okay, get me to three, four, five. Like, who are these people? What's happening? I know I'm going to like it. But yeah. rewatching the pilot, actually, this summer, I did it. I was like, oh, I know where you're all going. <laughs> like the first time that Cameron goes into Boz's office after you know where what their relationship becomes is like a whole different level layer of what that show is. So yeah.
2: Way Hello. to go. Em. Dave, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to ask like, uh, when the credits roll, uh, how long do you do the robot for as a, a critical? <laughs> Cause I couldn't help myself every time. I'm just like, beep, beep. This is like my favorite part of that show is doing the robot every time.
4: You know, I haven't done that, but I think I now have the 10 final episodes to watch. So I think I'm going to incorporate that into oh, my viewing habits. Totally. I like it.
1: <laughs> and to plug?
4: So I'm also going to plug the TV Campfire podcast, ATX's original podcast. But I want to talk about What's Your Pitch, which is one of our five original episodes that we did. And this one was recorded with Marta Kaufman and her daughter, Hannah Cantor. So Marta, most famously known for co-creating Friends and now doing Grace and Frankie with Hannah, her daughter. We had the two of them come in and talk about the pitching process, what it's like to pitch a show for the first time, what their um, kind of routines and rituals are, whether or not they get nervous. But sitting in this room and now listening to this recording of the two of them talking about, one, the pitch of Friends. And just knowing that you're listening to the memory of, I'm going to say at least one of, if not the most iconic show Mm -hmm. of all time and talking about coming up with that pitch and what it was like and who they pitched to and what was going through Marta's head. And then really looking at Hannah and the two of them talking about Grace and Frankie and how they came up with the, uh, they both had different versions of what Grace and Frankie was going to be. And they ended up going with, Hannah's idea as opposed to Marta's and like, why that was and how that worked out. Um, And then Hannah also talking about being on the set of Friends. She's an extra in a couple of episodes, which was really fun to go back and watch now. And I think the best moment of the episode is at one point, when they're talking about Friends and just what Hannah thought of it, and Marta turns to Hannah and just says, were you impressed In this most genuine, beautiful way of looking at her daughter all these years later saying, did you think it was a big deal? Were you impressed by this? Like, what did you think? And Hannah looking at Marty going, of course I was impressed. I knew the way she knew. Spoiler alert. I know, but it's so good and it's still going to make you cry. And then another semi-spoiler, but you need to listen to it to get the whole gist, is Marta talking about what an incredible writer and producer that Hannah is. It was just, it's a love fest between a mother and daughter. But then you're also talking about these two great shows as well as a slew of other ones and how they get on air, which is still baffling to me how some of these shows get on air, both good and bad. So, really going back (laughs) to the root of these amazing shows.
2: Yay! We'll link that in the show notes too. That sounds amazing.
1: Uh, very quickly, I haven't like really done anything on around the dial in a while and I was feeling kind of bad about it. So I actually just went to Netflix and clicked on the first thing that they were presenting (laughs) this morning because I woke up really early and couldn't get back to sleep. So, uh, speaking about, uh, Sarah was talking earlier about the uh, show shot clock, basically how long can you last through a terrible show? I'm here to report. I lasted seven and a half minutes through paradise PD. (laughs) this
0: animated show
1: from netflix i knew nothing about going into basically it's like if you like family guy but you wish there was more swearing this is basically that show uh Mm. the laughs are not to be found it is like extremely bad uh the first three minutes of the show involve a flashback where the son of the police chief who is one of the main characters shoots off his balls in bed while he's having oh, sex sure. with his wife because he's messing around Great. with a gun and uh kind of just goes from there there's also a talking dog just like family guy who was like one of the police officers it's like pretty shameless and like i don't know i mean i guess hey you like family guy more power to you i think it's a terrible show and this show is like even like a, a, a an echo of family guy so like to put that in perspective uh, I believe it was, it's the same
2: creative team as Brickleberry. That oh, really well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Tosh
1: thing. Yeah. A lot of uh, sexual harassment jokes and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's like, you know, uh, quickly for my plug, if you're finding yourself in Austin this coming Saturday night uh, with free time in your hands, I will be uh, shooting uh, the uh, Austin Anarchy. That's the men's roller derby team here, uh, which I am a part of, but not yet on the you know official Team roster because you know I fall down I hurt myself still, um, <laughs> but there is a, a fundraising uh, queen uh, queens of the rink uh, that is a derby match. Uh, everybody is in drag. The funds are split between the team for uh, travel next year and also the Q Austin, which is uh, an organization that creates safe places for uh, the LGBT community here in Austin. So a great cause. Mm. It's a lot of fun. It's like a derby game. But it's like kind of crazy derby. Like um, people can buy, I, th- I forget what they call them, interferences or something like that, where you buy a ticket and anytime during the game, you can like cash it in. So for instance, you can force one of the jammers to wear a Katy Perry style Super Bowl shark, sh- shark suit and they have to like <laughs> play in that for a few minutes or swap a referee with one of them or, you know, make them do all sorts of crazy stuff. So it's, Escape you know, backwards. it's... it's it's, it's, it's a goofy time. Uh, this is their second annual. Last year was a big success. We're hoping that this year we can raise even more money for the team and for the Q Austin. Uh, we'll have to link the Earl in the show notes because our main page for the event is on Facebook. And Facebook Earls are a nightmare to say. So check out the show notes for the uh, Queens of the uh, Rink event in, here in Austin. Ooh. What is this? Two no-knacks in a row on Extra Hot Great. My, my. Today, we are uh, going to enjoy a submission from our good friend, Corey. Corey is just a great guy. We all love him so much.
5: Hi, you've reached the Corey hotline. Four ninety five <laughs> a minute. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey. Glory. Story. Allegory. Montessori. Uh,
1: Corey, a.k.a. Corey, not a boy, Uh, I swear I knew, Um, is submitting this week, Gilmore Girls, Season 6, Episode 15, A Vineyard Valentine. So let's throw it to
6: Corey. Hi, Extra Hot Grape. It is my great displeasure to bring you Gilmore Girls, Season (laughs) 6, Episode 15, A Vineyard Valentine, for consideration for the no neck. Back in the days of Mark 1 of the podcast, I successfully submitted Gilmore Girls' episode Raincoats and Recipes to the canon, an episode that featured the show's trademark wit and moving mother, daughter, and romantic relationship moments. Today, I submit to you a decidedly unwitty episode featuring aggravating relationship drama and inexplicable human behavior. While some may say that there are worse episodes of Gilmore Girls in the seventh season, after creator Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband Daniel Palladino left the show, I would argue that this one is more non knack worthy precisely because it does bear their imprimatur. It's not just dull or a little off. It's straight-up bad. The main action of the plot involves Lorelai and Luke joining Rory and Logan at Logan's family's house on Martha's Vineyard over Valentine's Day weekend. At this point in the series, Rory and Logan are on again, Rory's back to overachieving at Yale after having dropped out for a period, and Lorelai and Luke's wedding is postponed because secret daughter. Lorelai is hurt over Luke's decision to keep her and April apart, which, side note, girl, you're dodging a bullet there. And in this episode, she's dealing with her once charmingly grumpy boyfriend as he descends into hatefulness for legit no reason except that the writers needed to drive these characters apart by the end of the season. So, although Lorelai acts mostly responsibly, and she shows great restraint in not flaying Luke with his own stupid bowie knife, she does not escape this episode unscathed. Nope. She's saddled with delivering a series of supposed jokes about the whaling history of Martha's Vineyard in a scene that is painfully unfunny and stupidly homophobic. But at least it's interminable. You can insert <laughs> the clip here, but I won't blame you if you don't.
2: Martha's Vineyard was one of the world's largest whaling ports. Says here people used every part of the whale back then. The most important being spermaceti used in candle production. I couldn't think of a less gross substance to use for candles? You know, it's a good thing I don't drive
0: a compact...
2: Herman Melville once shipped out of Martha's Vineyard. Here's a quote from Moby Dick. Oars! Oars, grip your oars and clutch your souls now, my God, pull, men. Wait a second. That isn't the pulling they had to do to get the spermaceti, is it?
1: I don't think so. let's go. We're already late. I mean. Now,
2: what else, what else? What else? The first people on the
4: island of Martha's Vineyard were Indians of the Wampanoag tribe. This tribe still makes up a large part of the town originally called Gayhead. Hmm, figures. The Indians survived poverty, disease, then get stuck living in a place called Gayhead. I guess. Do you think there's any
6: connection between Gayhead and Spermaceti?
0: I have no idea.
6: Poor Lauren Graham. Poor what? us. Yes, Lorelei is often immature, and maybe her yuck yuck delivery signals some awareness of the stupidity at work here. But sorry, that doesn't make this bit any better. It's hard to watch and not feel bad for Luke for being stuck in the car with this clown. Or it would be...
5: AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service, offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as 4 dollars a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. LeRoy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film. And you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code E-H-G. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code E-H-G for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now!
6: If he weren't such a monster in this episode, he is so slappable and badly behaved, again for no logical reason. Even when I agree with Luke, Valentine's Day is bullshit. Logan does suck, and I live in Massachusetts, and it is real cold here in February, and I love to complain about it. Even then, I still can't be on his side because for most of this episode, he is simply too ornery to bear and painful to watch. What is this grown man's deal? Leave aside the fact that he lives in New England and owns a restaurant and has cooked fancy shit in past episodes, but has apparently never encountered a lobster. Leave that aside. Why does he not know how to be a house guest? Why does he not know how to pack? And why can he not see that his fiance is not cool with their whole secret daughter arrangement? Even if she's too passive aggressive to just flat out tell him like anyone in a real non-TV relationship would. Good Lord. And what of Rory and Logan... They spend most of their screen time acting like no known college students ever, but rather a couple of 37-year-old smug marrieds who are also insufferable Airbnb superhosts. You've got
2: faster. <laughs> I read at my own pace, regardless of peer pressure.
6: But my article is continued in the section you've been reading since before John wrote his gospel. I
5: keep telling her we need to buy two papers. That's
6: wasteful, we don't need two papers.
5: We need them for the health of the relationship. There's your proof. We got eggs and stuff too, Luke.
6: Logan's poor little rich boy storyline asks for our sympathy because he's being torn away from Rory and forced to move to terrible, terrible London. Come on, Mitchum, don't you want a paper in Cleveland you could assign him to? And as for the rich, layered mother-daughter relationship at the heart of this series, well, it's barely here. Rory and Lorelai are at their entitled worst while at the gym and otherwise act little like the best friends they're supposed to be. And finally, the Valentine's Day gift nonsense is as transparently manufactured as the rest of the conflicts in this episode. For me, the brightest spot here is when Lorelei finally gives Luke but a fraction of the smackdown he deserves, and they start acting like a semi-normal couple. Otherwise, this is one big black hole of an episode. In closing, it feels a little weird to hope and wish that you disliked watching this as much as I did, but I guess that's the nature of the nonac. In case its awfulness has faded in your minds since you watched it, I leave you with this. Spermaceti. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go in, in uh, alpha order, starting
2: with, with uh, Caitlin. Uh, you, you and Emily picked this <laughs> off the list of submissions. Uh, to let us know what your reactions were and whether you co-signed Corey's argument.
3: I mean, hearing Corey's argument is harder to say no to. It's interesting. I mean, we know Gilmore Girls very well. Uh, obviously, we watched it when it was on originally and then did a rewatch um, when we were doing the reunion a few years ago with 17 people on stage. Um, but, it, it's you know, season six is tough for a lot of people. And on my rewatch... A while ago, I did rewatch just this episode in preparing for the no neck. But when I rewatched the whole series a few years ago, I remember being way less offended by season six as much as like Gilmore Girls lore had led me to believe with the absence of Amy um, that rewatching it just on its own, not sort of set up by the season that is around it. Uh I mean, I didn't enjoy it necessarily, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know that it was that offensive. I mean, I remember what it reminded me was I hated the way that Luke handled the whole April thing. Like, I really disliked that whole wrench in Luke and Lorelei by the time that they were there. Like, even in this episode, when they're back in the diner at the end of it and April is brought up, the immediate sort of separation of the two reminded me how much I hated the way he handled the whole thing. Um, I will say that on the positive side of a way that I might be um, slightly inclined to forgive in some ways is that I am a Logan girl, so he d- does not offend me on his own. When him mm-hmm. and Rory are together and working, I find him to be her intellectual equal, and I enjoy their times together so like i i buy into the mitchum hutsberger as being the evil villain and anytime that they get together i sort of relish so i i may not have the ability
2: to judge that one separately <laughs> fair enough dave you are next alphabetically
1: <laughs> oh okay um I think one of the big problems, one of the signifiers that this episode has some serious problems is the fact that there's Zydeco music in this. Yes. It's true. I
2: did mean to bring that up too. That's a Daniel Palladino (laughs) trademark of having Uh, a band in it for extremely spurious reasons.
1: But Zydeco music is especially grating. And uh, just the whole... Do you remember in the 80s, there was a brief... I think it was actually like... Post crocodile Dundee, everybody was like looking for the next thing. And so everybody uh-huh. decided it was going to be Cajun culture was the thing. Do you remember O'Grady's <laughs> Chips with that guy? The yeah. cover's
5: O'Grady's. Oh, oh,
1: hey. yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, that's what I uh, sort of associate with Zydeco uh, every time I hear it. That whole sort of commercial movement of, of sort of commercializing uh, Cajun and like Acadian culture and stuff like that. Um, it is. For me, not being, like, a Gilmore Girl devotee, like, the characters, the characterizations in this episode don't seem, like, too far off. Like, I always found most of the people on this show annoying, but it was just sort of, like, <laughs> did their quirks sort of overcome the fact that if you met these people in real life, you wouldn't want to hang out with them because they were just so weird and their idiosyncrasies were just, like, too much to personally handle. Uh, like, Luke has always been a dick uh and kind of a jerk and and not really worthy of 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 anybody's love (laughs) and uh (laughs) like this episode like he is like obtuse about things like i also didn't quite understand how this man had never come across a lobster in his life living where he is like i've never eaten lobster because i hate seafood and i know i wouldn't like it and also i've been a vegetarian for 20 years but, like, I don't live in New England and run a diner and cook food and all that huh. kind of stuff. Um, the whole Spermaceti nag head or gaze head fairy stuff, like, boy, does that not like that really ages terribly. And it was kind of funny. Tara loves to watch King of Queens at night. And, like, the same thing True. with that show. It's like, it's not that far in the past, but they just really have some problems when they introduce. Uh, you know, gay material into the show. And and uh, it was a little, it was cringeworthy. Uh, the part that actually bugged me the most about this episode, just like little moments, was the moment in the gym where Lorelai and uh, Rory are like just sort of pick up two guys to get massages in the gym. It was yeah. such a weird moment. And like, I don't know what they were supposed to be. Like, are they like just sex idiots that hang around the gym and like, <laughs> okay, I'll massage you for 10 minutes? It was just such a weird moment. And it just seemed very like, I don't like, I guess these characters, I mean, everybody's entitled to selfishness once in a while, but it just seemed so out of place and so like suddenly there. It kind of took me back. And it really was like a tr- a-, a moment that made me hate both characters a lot like it was it was bad um but like for the nonac to be like so bad that it becomes nonac worthy like is is this like that big of an outlier from for this show like i understand there's this whole creators leaving you know everybody hates the show now stuff if you didn't tell me that i still would have liked this episode but i didn't think it was like and especially egregious. But
5: they were, they were still here at this point, no? Yes. Sorry yes, to interrupt, they but they didn't oh, leave until season seven. Oh, I thought one left and one
1: stayed. I thought that was... No, no. Was, she, oh, her okay. so still, still there. Okay. So this, yeah. is the, this is the season before they left. Right. Okay. That was yeah. my fault. Yes, got got I was right. All right. Well, then, you know, then there's no excuse, guys. Um, <laughs> I, this episode didn't make me like anybody. And I know, like, Gilmore Girls past episodes, like, yo, they're quirky. They're fun. You know, Lorelei's goofy. And, you know... Like, I I wouldn't want to hang out with her in real life because she's like 110% sugar sometimes. But, like, it's still fun (laughs) to watch. But this episode wasn't that. Like, everybody seemed to be uh, a dick in their own particular way. And while that is annoying and makes an unenjoyable episode, like, for me, like, a no-knack has to be so far off the path. You know, I always kind of like to mention the first no-knack, which was... Black market from Battlestar Galactica, where it really seemed like they were doing a different show for an episode and nobody had uh access to the show Bible. This sort of seemed like just like <laughs> an off performance and some bad decisions, but not like a total train wreck.
2: All right. Emily.
4: Um well I definitely agree with what everyone said so far. And I do think though that Corey had a good point in that. Dan Palladino did write and direct this episode. So it (laughs) kind of puts you to a different standard. Uh, And I mean, I know we've already said it a hundred times, but Luke's never had lobster. That makes absolutely no sense in any world. But I will say, I think every episode where they took the girls out of stars hollow, there was always a little bit of awkwardness to it. That's a great point. Yeah. In stars hollow, I mean, everyone's weird. And even when you're at Yale with <laughs> Rory, you're still with Paris and Logan and whoever's there. And then obviously at Emily and Richard's house, you're just dealing with the Gilmores at that point. But anytime you take Rory and Lorelai and put them in a completely different place, their pacing is kind of off with everyone around them. And I think even putting them in Mitchum's house, even though besides the Mitchum scene, there's someone else in there, it's still the pacing feels weird because they're not in their normal.
1: It's like when Truman leaves the Truman show, you know, like, Oh no, you're in the world (laughs) world now. How will you adapt? You can't.
4: I know. Like they don't quite fit in to the other world. So I think that that's a little bit where the pacing is off. But as far as the Nonak award season seven is just a mess. And I get that Amy and Dan were gone, but at the same time, anytime Christopher is in an episode in season seven, I just cringe the entire episode. <laughs> Any of the scenes where Lorelai and Christopher are getting back together, it makes absolutely no sense to me. And at least Lorelai and Luke always made sense. And I'm with Kate and the fact that I love Logan as well. And I think that he battles her in the exact right way. So as far as the pairings go and as far as the way that they interact, they may be unlikable in moments, but I definitely not as bad as Gilmore Girls had unfortunately in the final season
0: Sarah
5: um I am not a Gilmore Girls watcher I only ever watch it for canons or nonax. uh so for that reason although this was a profoundly unpleasant hour of television <laughs> it's not that much more unpleasant for me than it usually is to watch this show <laughs> which I don't like so I'm I'm with Dave um like as far as Logan is concerned, Matt Zukri is dreadful in this episode, but i as far as the character goes i don't have a i don't have a dog in that fight. um, oh,
1: like, sorry, just while you're on that character. don't buy that many pastries for four people
2: <laughs> true, I support that, and don't get prune ever Ugh,
4: no, yeah,
5: Jesus, yeah, <laughs> agree. um, just everything like even starting at the previous leaves, it just seemed really like um shouty and stiff and awkward like there's one moment where um my notes are like why is rory giving them like this tour of the of the like house's amenities like who cares why why is screen time being wasted on this um the the line your Thucydides is on the pool table is everything that I have always found (laughs) off-putting about this show that I was like fuck off like seriously all of you fuck straight off into the (laughs) sea and eat some of the lobster Luke has never seen before um I just uh, like you can you can tell that uh Lauren Graham and what's his nuts hate each other um, Whatever chemistry may have existed that because I was not a regular viewer that was like slowly developed and their friendship and whatever, all I know is that in real life, like they hated each other. Maybe, maybe they're denying that now. Maybe they've buried it. I don't know. In this episode, they appear clearly to want to rip each other's faces off and not in a fun, sexy way. This was just really like. It was uncomfortable to watch because it really felt like everyone involved knew that it was a piece of shit, <laughs> and but and they do like weren't committing to it at all. Like
1: uh, some of Luke's line deliveries were so vaudevillian that he seemed like he stepped out of his himself as an actor.
5: He also <laughs> appeared to have some kind of like contact dermatitis. Like in every scene where he's in the sweatpants, he's just like doing this weird shruggy thing like in the early seasons of Seinfeld where Jerry Seinfeld was really bad instead of just like regular Seinfeld bad. (laughs) I'll wrap this up. Here's the point. Uh, Or wait, one more note. There was this put like, Lorelai's like, let me zest a lemon. And it's like, are you five? Like, were you dropped on your head? That whole... Sequence That's very where
3: she's a thing,
5: but uh, but it's but still you, like you work, you work really? in a
1: hotel where there's food, yeah, it goes to the lemonade, <laughs> and it
5: just went on a really long time. Like, if that is a very Lorelei thing, presumably regular viewers of the show don't need a fortnight for the fucking point to be made. With all of that said, I'm with Dave. I just don't think this is that much worse <laughs> than any other Kill for Girls episode that I have seen.
1: While, while, uh, you were making your argument, I, I kind of created this, uh, fantasy meeting project and maybe ATX Festival people can, you know put it together for next year. But you get the oh Paladinos and you get uh, David Milch from Deadwood and you get them to sort of go back and forth on their sing language from like Deadwood and Gilmore Girls and the way the and, characters talk. And
2: thought. Aaron Sorkin on anything I was going to say
1: Sorkin. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, sort of like a rap, a rap battle of TV dialogue. <laughs> very, you know, yes. idiosyncratic.
5: Yes. TV Tell dialogue. me when it's going to be so that I can be literally at the opposite <laughs> end of <the> fucking earth. <laughs> Alright.
2: <laughs> Alright, I'll wrap it up. There's not much more to say um this is it, it is very bad that the how out of character rory is acting not only that but how they're like hanging a lantern on it like you're going to the gym what you're going to the gym she's going to the gym like she doesn't go to the gym she doesn't cook like is there any payoff explaining why she does these extremely out of character things at the martha's vineyard house no Is there any reason for them to be going into, like, details about which windows to not open other than to fill screen time? Like, silence is okay. Jesus Christ. Um, But there's also, like, like, Luke is borderline emotionally abusive in this episode. Like, he is just not being rational. And, like, how angry he gets about all of the slights he thinks Logan is making against him and Rory is like, that also never has any payoff.
1: And the basketball scene was excruciating.
2: Yeah. Don't say oh, sorry.
1: Yes. Don't say... Yeah.
2: yeah. And then bitching about it afterwards, like, you was such a dick. Like, what? what is your... You know, there's no payoff to that. And for Lorelai finally to, like, you know, Corey said in her presentation, like, she, she comes to the point where she finally calls him on his shit and they start acting normal. Like, but she doesn't enough. Like, and she should be screaming at him because he is being... He's acting totally out of line. And Sarah's right. Like, this is this is over... O- over into where you it's clear these two actors do not want to spend any time together and like the story is being half having to be rearranged so that they don't get married
0: one
1: one, and- one thing this this episode gets right though is how often people that go on vacation get into this vacation mindset that vacation equals everything going your way and the underpack for the weather
5: damn you san francisco
2: Yeah.
1: Hawaii. I I had to buy a a sweater in Hawaii the first time we went. Yeah, I had to buy
2: socks in Hawaii, too. Anyway, yes, there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in this episode, but but Caitlin and Emily are 100% correct. See, there's much lower lows in season seven. So as bad as this is, I know it gets worse. So right. I, I can't I can't vote for a no act for this either.
1: But I had a lot of fun shitting on this one, though. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: There's definitely a <laughs> to complain about for sure. Like, Corey, you are not wrong to present this. There There is a case to be made, even if we did not necessarily agree.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's put this to a vote. Let's uh, go to Caitlin first. What say you, no knack or not no knack?
3: Not no knack.
1: Uh, All right. I am also uh, going to uh, say not no knack. Emily?
2: Not no knack.
1: Sarah? Not no knack. Uh, And Tara?
2: Yep. Me too. But thank you for the presentation because I loved listening to it. Yes. It was very
1: It was was wonderful. All right, guys. So unfortunately, that means Gilmore Girls. Season 6, episode 15 the Vineyard Valentine. Vineyard Valentine's. You are hereby not inducted into the extra hot Nope.
0: Americans love a winner. Yup. And will not tolerate a loser. Nope.
1: It's time for a winner and a loser of the week. Who has our winner turn?
2: This is breaking news as of this record Colton Underwood of this past most recent season of The Bachelorette is going to be the next bachelor. This is notable because he is on the record as being a virgin. Despite the fact that he also apparently like was talking to another past bachelor contestant, the whole the intricacies of the Bachelor Nation ecosystem are very complex and stupid. But anyway, congratulations to Colton, I guess, and to Virgins for Virgin Visibility.
5: And Loser? Um, congratulations to me also, since this means that I won't have to watch this season because he is yeah, Uh yeah. The Loser, in fact, is NBC News. Uh, they reportedly threatened Ronan Farrow when he was first investigating Harvey Weinstein. The network, of course, denies that. And now they're in a back and forth, which... No one is going to believe NBC News on this about oh, no. the sort of like order of when he took the story to the New Yorker and that they're like, well, there wasn't a reportable story and journalistic best practices. And he's like, really, bitch? And it's pretty <laughs> awesome to watch playing out on Twitter. I have to say, also, um, he's kind of a winner because he really looks like Frank Sinatra in like yep. all the best ways
2: mm-hmm. Good for you, dude. This uh, brings speak- up a... Uh-
1: oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, no, I'm interested to see where this is going.
2: <laughs> no. This brings same. up a non-regulation question. Uh-huh. Do you know what non-regulation time it is? It's
1: non-regulation, non-regulation game time. game
0: time? Yeah.
2: Correct.
1: You know, you see, I thought we were going to get some sort of Frank-, Frank Sinatra thing there. That's why I was... Oh,
2: I was- <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> It's okay, uh, Tara. you it did it your way. I get it. Okay, it's non-regulation <laughs> game time because we are between seasons. Whoosh. Um, and so guess what? It's Tube Tunes three, going back to the Tube Tunes vault. This is a game where uh, I will play you. Actually, Dave will play you because he has the clips. He is on his honor to have not listened to them. I did beforehand. not. I believe you. He'll play a clip from a TV show. There's no hints. Hear the clip. You tell me what the what show it's from. Two notes. One is that no show is in this game more than once. Remember that. Um, and uh can't remember what the second note is. <laughs> oh, these are all shows that I watch or have watched, Okay. which I've been told in the past. This is not a good clue because I watch every show. But nevertheless, these I'm are not, all. I'm not sure are... if you
1: mentioned it up top for the benefit of our first time guests, but these are songs within TV episodes.
2: These are original songs from TV shows. So they're not covers. They're originals that were Ooh. created for the purpose of being in a show.
1: In-universe songs.
2: In-universe oh. songs. And I will also say, because there are four of us, I thought it might be fun for the spou- the, the, uh, the professional spouses to play as teams. So we'll have That's Sarah nice. and Dave versus Caitlin and Emily. So you Ooh. can confer. Ooh. Okay. 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 Um, there are steel meals. I don't know, Sarah, if you want to use them on a non-regulation game.
1: Yeah, let's just skip it. Let's we'll skip okay. that. Let's skip the equalizers. <laughs> it's all non-regulation.
2: Yeah, skip the equalizers, skip the steel meals, but you will be playing four steel meals. So okay. Sarah and Dave, if you win, get three steel meals for Sarah. Okay. If Caitlin and Emily win, they get they win three steel meals for the valued guests going forward in future games. Does anyone have any questions? Big
1: prize. Oh man. Pretty straightforward.
2: All right. Uh, Let us throw it to Picky to see who goes first.
1: We will start with Valued Guest.
2: All right. Valued (laughs) Guests are going first. Here we go. Here Uh, we go, Dave. Please play clip number one.
3: have one guess
4: <laughs> go for it because i've got nothing it
3: was, is it nashville ding ding
2: ding ding correct it is nashville.
1: yeah well done that was my guess too for Thanks. Sure. Yeah. good cheese. job
2: excellent start okay dave and sarah clip two is for you my
0: sweet love injection caused a urinary tract infection i'm just that good i didn't even try 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 i gave you a uti
5: Wow, Uh,
1: I don't Uh, know what that is. My best guess would be Scrubs. Um, I'm fine with that response. Okay, Uh, we'll say Scrubs, but I'm not really all that uh, happy with that answer. Uh, Nah. So
3: steal. I know we can't steal, but I no, but you can say it for for glory. For for
1: glory.
2: (laughs) Is it is it Crazy Ex Girlfriend? It sure is. Ah,
5: yeah. Okay. Oh, of course. Nice job. Sorry.
2: Okay. For Caitlin and Emily, please play clip three.
5: Hush my country, go to sleep, fall into
1: a slumber deep, everything will be okay. Tomorrow is a brand new day,
6: new day, new day.
2: I will just say before you answer, there's two possible answers for this show. I will accept either one.
3: The live audience is throwing me. Emily, do you know?
2: I have no idea.
3: Um, Yeah.
4: I mean, if it's a live audience, all I have is Saturday Night Live, but I feel like that's not the strongest of
2: answers. No, I don't think it's that. (laughs) It is not. Glory
1: Steel, Glory Steel.
2: Go ahead, Dave. Uh, Conan. Correct. He also played Uh, it on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. That's why I would have accepted Okay. Please play clip 4 This is for Sarah and Dave
6: Cleveland Where the jet set swing with cats. Shop at Higbees, then we'll hit the flats. Excuse
2: me, are you a model? No oh, You are so skinny You really should eat something
0: <laughs> I say Cleveland, Cleveland.
1: Hello, hello. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Love that herbal per Tijuana Brass at the Do you know end. what this is Sarah?
5: Uh, I'm not sure. Uh,
1: that is a uh, 30 rock.
2: Ding, 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 ding. Yes. Correct. It is 30 rocks.
1: Not what
5: I would have guessed. Thank yeah. you,
2: Dave. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Please play clip five for Caitlin and Emily. Damon! Oh, day
0: man. Day man. oh, day oh day the day night, day man. Man. Oh, oh, champion son, of the sun, sun, sun.
3: Oh okay, I want to watch is... whatever that
2: is. I know. It, wait, wait. I Sorry. think I know
4: this one. This is—is is it? It's always Sunny in Philadelphia.
2: Ding, 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 ding. Yes, yay. Yes, <laughs> and that's from season two, so you wouldn't have to watch. Or pops really season, season two. Wouldn't have to. It might be season one. It's from pretty but it early comes on. it oh, be season right? one. It, it does. I feel like they throw back a lot to that. Yes, one. Yeah. they do. Okay, good job. Uh, clip six is for Dave and Sarah we're the sauce on your steak we're the cheese in your cake we put the spring in springfield
0: we're the lace on the nightgown the point after touchdown yes Yes, we we put put the spring spring in springfield
1: boing
5: (laughs) sarah do you know what this is based on context clues i believe that this is the simpsons correct.
2: correct okay clip seven is for caitlin and emily
0: Kick it. Well, he could make a good hat rack. He only has to stand there, or a cheap doorstop. He doesn't need to move. Or a great big giant thermos with a twist-off top that would be good for soup. <laughs> I feel
3: like it's animated, but I don't know. Emily, I have
4: no idea. Um, what's a good animated show? You go.
3: <laughs> Family Guy. That's what I was gonna say. It's the only one I can
2: think of. <laughs>
1: of course, mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's uh, the Beck episode of Futurama.
2: Correct, it is. Oh, well, at least then I guessed it animated, animated, right? You did. It's like yep, a you're in the ball percentage ballpark. point. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. Please play <laughs> clip eight. This is for Dave and Sarah.
0: Everything's normal. Nobody's more bad. Let's Take it for granted The campus is open
1: Our freedom will be here
0: That is a given.
4: I'm Principal Scott Worth to power I'm <laughs> 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 Thanks,
2: Picky Go
5: Dave. ahead, Sarah uh, It's Clone High
2: Ding, ding, ding Correct It is All right, uh This is for Caitlin and Emily. Tara,
1: have you been keeping score? Because I haven't.
2: No, Sarah's. Sarah's on it. Phew. We already arranged (laughs) this before you were on the call. Sorry. Okay, play clip nine for Caitlin and Emily.
5: (laughs) Gonna shave my head, start a game, join the army, move
0: to Spain. Country and Western music, I understand it now.
1: That's kind of mean. That was a mean one to get
2: Well, I mean it it it, w- it is because of how Picky shook it out. Sure, but sure. if it had gone the other way it would have been so mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I say if they get this right, they get two points.
2: I think that's oh, fair. No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that makes it okay. really hard. It's even which makes meaner. Feel better. Sorry. Oops,
1: I made it worse.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, let me just say that it's not from the United States.
2: No,
3: it's not. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Slings and arrows.
1: Oh that's
2: eh, good guess though. Decent guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. that's, uh, kids, in kids in the yes, hall. Kids in the
2: hall. Oh. Alright, uh let's uh play clip ten for Dave and Sarah and then we'll do a score break. Go way up, way up. That's where the fun is way out. Up. Way up. That's
0: where the fun is way out.
1: I know I've heard that before, but I have no idea. Sounds For like sure a monkeys Partridge Family era something. I know, perhaps. I would say monkeys because I know she watches Watch the Monkeys. If it,
5: if you know it's not Partridge
1: Family, yeah, but or...
2: Sarah watched the Monkeys too.
5: Oh, yeah, I did watch the Monkeys, and it's it's not that. It's not that. Um, and I do, I didn't but,
1: watch but, it, but it also sounds like it could be a parody of.
5: Yeah, my first thought was Wet Hot American summer so i don't know if you have oh. another guess wait um but i can't for sure say it's from that i just don't know oh boy it's not brady bunch
2: you need a guess guys
1: yeah uh monkeys eh.
2: yeah. caitlin and emily do you know probably not I think you're no, than us. Don't. it's from the flintstones uh, that was there uh, the aliens uh, they were yeah. the
1: yeah right uh, that rings a bell <laughs> A distant <laughs> yeah. though, but it brings it You watch num- the Flintstones?
2: They used oh, okay. to air it at every day yeah. at noon. It was like oh, every no. day at lunchtime. You go on
1: home weekends. for lunch, you watch the Flintstones. I've
2: watched the Simpsons I've have watched Flintstones the whole way through probably ten times. All right. Um duly, duly noted. <laughs> score break, please.
5: Our valued guests, Caitlin and Emily, have two points and Dave and I have three points.
2: Nice. Yeah, you're Good title. You go down,
5: going down ATX Festival people. <laughs>
2: I'm just a Dave Dang. This personal. All right.
3: <laughs> if only we right. could steal a point, we would yeah. have. Well, but then you would have stolen back. So there's that. All
2: right. Uh, <laughs> let's play clip eleven for our guests.
3: <laughs> lonely days and lonely nights. The <gasps> world's
0: falling apart. I need you with me by my side.
2: I need you in my heart. Cause there's a space you can only <laughs> Oh, he's right. got so his good. good. I had no idea. <laughs> Little bonus data um, on the end there. No. I
3: feel oh. like going deeper and deeper into holes.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, Emily? I'm
4: blank. I'm trying to think if he even has original music and can't even come up with that at this moment. Time. Well, I
3: know. Now I want to take Dave's guess from before. Is it Scrubs? Yeah. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, oh! Oh! Thank you, Dave. That seems you should have known that was an early Brian Austin Green joint. Okay, please play uh, clip twelve for Dave and Sarah.
0: I've been making shows of trading blows, just hoping no one knows that I've been going through the motions, walking through the part. Nothing seems to penetrate my heart. It feels
4: unfair
5: <laughs> yeah <laughs> picky have been ours. picky unfair. is mean this is buffy <laughs> the vampire slayer ding,
4: ding, oh, ding, ding, ding. emily i was waiting for that for you i knew i i knew that
2: one guys <laughs> i'm gonna be too,
5: singing that all day
2: <laughs> 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 uh, that was one of that's one of my favorite ones to sing too all right uh clip 13 is for caitlin and emily
0: why didn't you tell me? okay,
5: I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta stop you. Do
1: You want to hear that again? I need to hear that again. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. why didn't
4: you tell
2: me?
5: okay, I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta stop you.
2: That the the voice at the end might be your best clue. Yeah. I'll say I that.
3: That's what I'm trying to think. Can you do it one more time? Yeah. <laughs> Can you? Answer? Why, Why didn't, didn't you tell me? me?
4: Okay, I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta stop you.
1: I Man, I have a guess.
3: I know that voice. Yeah. I know that. And then there's a laugh. There's. Yeah. I don't know. It's not Will and Grace, right?
2: Is that your guess?
3: Do you
4: have any? Sure, you can guess it. Will and Grace. It's Saturday
0: Night
1: uh, Live. Is it Saturday Night Live? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Is, that, is that Fallon
5: at the end?
2: No, it's Seth Myers.
5: Oh, okay. Right. Oh, I thought it was Sandberg. Shit. Yeah.
2: We're, right. we're melting. Please play clip 14. This is for Dave and Sarah.
1: You opened up your
0: legs to a square dance in June. You got a blowjob from my mom. You're guilty too.
1: He's a crackhead.
0: She's a drunk. They sometimes work the steps.
1: I know what this is.
3: Man, I know this one. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs>
2: Damn it. Go ahead, uh, Dave.
1: Yeah, uh, this is claws.
2: Ding 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 ding. It surely is. All right. right. I feel good about your chances on this one, guys. Clip 15 is for Emily and Caitlin.
6: There was a girl, we'll call her Betty, and a guy, let's call him Neil. Now, I can't stress this point too strongly. This story isn't real. could sing along.
3: I know. I feel
4: like you gave us that one. I appreciate it.
2: (laughs) Go go ahead. Friends. Friends is correct. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, nice. clip sixteen for Sarah and Dave.
6: All right, it, it. come back, Lisa. You little love killer.
0: Come back, Lisa. Lisa Miller. I, I, you're just doing this to humiliate me. Dave.
5: Yes, continue. <laughs> I think even I know that one, Dave. Yeah. Uh, news radio.
2: Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Okay, clip seventeen. Spread Eagle. For Caitlin and Emily. Spread Eagle, thank you. got No clue, but I do want
6: to
4: watch it. Nothing. Okay, okay, no guess. Uh, I, uh if, uh, if we just have to guess, what about just like Smash? Uh, they were singing.
2: Uh, okay. All right, they were singing. Is that <laughs> Dave? You had a guess?
6: Well,
5: I want to hear Sarah's guess first. Oh, yeah. Well, it, I mean, if Tara doesn't, she doesn't know whether I watched it, so my guess would have been happy endings and she oh. knows I watched I, that. I so. think that was John Mullaney from Big Mouth.
2: You're correct. Yeah. ding. ding, ding. Uh, wow. Yes. Good for you. Course. Very good. Okay, play clip 18 for Sarah and Dave. I thought that my home was my
0: castle with no one scrutinizing me. No pigs, no lion bitch, no hassle. Y'all are brutalizing me.
1: Um. Yeah, uh, Sarah. Do you know? No. Uh, I believe this is
5: Mr. Show.
2: Ding 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 ding.
5: Oh, of course it is. Uh. <laughs> All, right. All
2: right. This is one where Picky has once again screwed some people. Oh, no! But let's see. Oh, no. Play clip nineteen for Emily Should, should
1: I? Should I slyly s- s- swap questions? No. <laughs> no. 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 All right.
2: No. Let's just be fair. Well, I don't know. Let's sure. Cheat, right. Sure.
1: Twenty and nineteen are being swapped. Here we go.
2: Sure. Flip them. Oh, she's
3: burning.
5: Na 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 na. Flesh oh. is burning.
3: Oh, can't you play it again. Yeah. She's burning.
0: dinner
5: na 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 na. Flesh is burning.
3: No idea. What I that feel is. like I should know, but I don't. The actual words are insane. Okay. Yes. M. Do you? What did you say? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't make it. Oh.
1: No guess.
2: I have no idea. I, I'm gonna mm. say Seinfeld. Not close. Dave, did you have a guess? No, I don't. It's Fraser. Do? It's Fraser. Oh, yes. Sarah's yeah. right. Fraser, I got it. Mm.
1: Wow. What's the it's context his. of that?
2: I know. Uh, there's i think it's a neighbor who's who's a musician Okay. there but it's one of those where it's like a cult it's a cult known clip because what i got this off was a 10 hour flesh is burning video <laughs> on
1: YouTube. well i'm sorry i swapped it with the wrong one
2: mm. that's all right okay. it's a it's a more known show and you will be happy when you hear this clip because i guarantee there's no way you got you guys know it but sarah and dave might
6: He stands over the body and stares down at him. And he says, I guess he wanted a knuckle sandwich for lunch. I crack up. I say, Jeff, how did you think of that? Right off the top of your head. Well, Jeff just smiles and he winks at me and kisses my daughter so damn hard. So damn hard.
5: (laughs) Thanks, Tara. That's Detroiters.
1: (laughs) Right? That's, um... Um, the characters.
2: Ding, ding! Dave oh, is correct. Oh, the characters! The Thank characters. you, Dave. Phew. Ding! All right, let us get a score break.
5: Okay, uh, let's hear the score. Our break. valued guests have three points, and Dave and I have eight points.
1: All
2: right, oh, it's not going well. So, by the terms not... of this game,
5: if
1: we win, we take over the festival. that would be great. <laughs>
4: You know what? You, you guys can have it. See the-
1: that yeah. is the all deal that we're stealing. <laughs> I don't is yours. know
3: that that's a win for you. <laughs> they, they, they said the three-day
1: A-team retrospective was a mistake, but Dave would and did it anyways. <laughs> okay, right. this is, is 21. it a bars of Twenty one for uh... Yeah,
2: clip 21 is for Emily and Kaylin. Okay. Did I grow up in Illinois
0: or was it Michigan? How long before we met was I in medicine? Was our wedding song the Beatles on a Zeppelin? Am I freaking Puerto Rican or Dominican?
3: I know it, I know it. Yeah. It's uh, scrubs. Ding, 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 yep. ding. Yay! Oh, good, good job.
2: Clause good com- job indeed. Clip 22 is for Sarah and Dave.
0: No, i seen her before.
5: No idea. Sarah, uh, can we hear it again? Because yeah. it's the dialogue that might help. Sure.
1: No, I've seen her before. It sounds like a kid's show, but that's all I got. I mean, the, the, the in universe, it sounds like there's a kid's show going on.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean,. Do you want to just guess? Sure. Mad Men?
0: <laughs> And it's Cheers. <laughs> what
5: was it?
2: Wow. It's Cheers. Oh, I never would have
5: guessed. Oh, was that, okay, that what's so his bad. name? Cole Cord.
2: No, it's Who's it's, in the it's clip? Uh, that's Kelsey Grammer. It's it's Emma Thompson oh. singing. She is oh, a children's oh, performer gotcha. in the show, yeah. and oh, she's it. Fraser's first wife, uh, Annie G. Okay. Later played on Fraser by Laurie Metcalf. A little we will trade. All right, please play Clip 23 for Caitlin and Emily. Who's that man? That's the first
0: base coach. Have you noticed that he signals every time I approach? Kill me up. Throw him out. Because there an a doubt that all men like to play at, at the National Best game.
3: I only have one guess.
2: <laughs> Go but for
3: it. I can't place it within the show, but is that Smash? Ding, 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 ding.
2: Mm, yes. Nice. Yes. Oh, it is. Nice work. From Zipire, if you didn't, it existed. <laughs> 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 okay. okay. Clip You're 20- welcome. <laughs> Good job. Clip 24 is for Dave and Sarah.
0: We'll both be out of here in no time. No one's gonna bring me up. We're hearing just fine. Today is gonna be a great day. I'll Come to Coaster's Magazine different. and battle everyone.
1: I don't remember that song, but I can, I can do it from the voices. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Go ahead. Bob's burgers.
2: Ding, 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 ding. Correct. That's the one that's been running through my head for (laughs) ever since I wrote this game. Okay. Clip 25 is for Caitlin and Emily. Milk
0: has an expiration date. (laughs) We should do that with the elderly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know.
1: I have no idea. <laughs> oh, it's uh. Think,
2: the, or is no guess? Uh, no. I was okay. trying to figure Arr. out a clue
1: that was yeah. It's thirty rock adjacent.
2: It is thirty rock adjacent. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yes, but. No, <laughs> <laughs> but but you got it for glory. <laughs> there uh, you go. Right. <laughs> Clip twenty six is for Dave and Sarah.
6: I'll do it to you slow The way you've never done before Open up your mind I will open up your door I've been searching all around For the one I can't call mine Sometimes the thing you're searching for Has been there the whole time
5: Zero idea Um, also zero idea Um No guess? Is this bad man? <laughs> 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 uh, it's key appeal. I was gonna guess Key. And I missed peel. it. What? I peel. was gonna guess that
1: shit. Once again, I couldn't instincts. hear the show. Of me.
2: It's Key and Peel. Thank key you. Key and Peel. Alright. Um, maybe a picky fuck over depending on your TV <sighs> diet. I don't know. Clip 27.
0: <laughs>
1: That wasn't that wasn't English. In case you think that you was
3: agree. not in I English, I know I could catch that, that. I could catch that that, that wasn't English. But I don't. <laughs> no does that mean idea. The sh- can I? Does that mean the show is not?
1: Yes. Yeah. Is no. The sh- it is the not
2: The show English. is not in English.
3: No. No. I will then tell no. you that. Nope. Nope. We're
1: out. <laughs> okay. And Dave. Mm. Uh, it's Babylon Berlin. Sure is. Yeah.
4: Oh, right. you guys have been talking about that show a lot lately, and now I really want to watch it. It's really it's great.
2: Really good. <laughs> the that last episode was a little amazing.
1: overwrought, but it was it was a fun ride.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's really okay. Good. Okay, clip twenty eight is for David Thew. My
5: girl, we dreamed of being free, free, but now we know that that can never be. You know what friends are all about. You kick those lions' shoulders out. Kick
6: them out, y'all. I'm starting to feel guilty here. Break it down.
0: <laughs> what?
1: I, I, I'm gonna play that again, alright? Yeah. I feel like I recognize the book.
5: My, My little girl, girl, we dreamed of being free. We free. But now we know that that can never be. You know what friends are all about. You kick those lions' shoulders out.
6: Joel. I'm starting to feel guilty here. Break it down!
5: Oh, that sounds like Christian Shaw. Or, uh, kinda, it's really going to bug me. What's
1: when. Just a
2: reminder, no show is in this I know. That's why I'm confused.
1: But I'm, I mm-hmm. think I may be mis...
2: Is she in something else? Ooh.
5: Hmm. Yeah. I don't know either. Uh. We could always guess Mad Men again. <laughs> it's going <laughs> really
0: well.
1: Uh, Just kidding. Don't oh, I'm going to kick myself, but I don't know. I don't
2: I've, either.
3: I have a guess. All right. Okay. Is it Flight of the Concords?
2: No, oh. but that is Kristen Schaal. It's Gravity Falls Day. Ah, oh, shit! Oh. They say Mabel <laughs> Girl at the beginning of the song. Yeah.
1: Damn. Yeah, now I, I even know the episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah, it's the boy band. All right, uh, clip 29 is for Caitlin and Emily. Don't kidnap, Kidnapping
0: is wrong to do. We're begging you Let the children run and play And the ones you got Let them get away Then go
3: find something else to do I have no idea, but I do enjoy how dark something so, so <laughs> happy sounds and how disturbing be the same but... thing Mm. I, I'm out. Okay.
1: <sniffs> I don't know. I, I mean, I know I've heard it, but I can't place it.
2: Dave, glow.
1: Oh, it's glow. Season oh, of glow. yeah, That's from that big, that, that, that monkeys episode. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> okay. All right. Clip oh, thirty
2: is for Dave and Sarah. I'm your super
0: friend, super friend.
6: When you need. A compliment I can rattle off a dozen. For instance, I have to say I'm not impressed. By your more famous cousin. Thank you. No one ever
2: says that. I'll just say before you answer, this is a crossover, so I will accept either of the shows that was crossing over.
1: Uh, Sarah, do you know what this is?
5: Uh, no, but I mean... I feel like Supergirl must be
2: related. Oh yeah, so, it's no. that Supergirl
5: Flash episode.
2: Ding 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 ding! Yeah, yes, it thank is. you, Sarah.
1: Yeah, the one Good where of you. Yeah.
2: All right, you nice. each have one Teamwork. question left. Let's get a score break, please.
5: Our valued guests have five points, and we have ten points. Woo! All right, this is the five-point question, though the
1: last so question is, is five? five points. <laughs> okay,
2: great. <laughs> Alright, uh clip. Actually, it should be a
1: six-point question. Six point question is what I meant. <laughs> yeah. I'm just checking the rule book. The last question right. is in fact no, no, a no. six-point question.
2: <laughs> okay, please play clip thirty-one. I hope you pray to God my little has a
0: soul. Because I wanted to feel pain when I ejected from
1: What the fuck? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, the, the end is- of that is a little bit of data that you might be able to triangulate to the answer, even if you don't
0: have the
4: show.
2: Uh, I
0: want to make crazy you get this X for six everything.
3: It's not crazy yet.
4: I know we've already, it's already been done, right. but I have no idea.
3: I think it's animated. And I, for mm-hmm. some reason, want to guess Bojack Horseman for
2: doing <laughs> Ding, 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 ding! Wow. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> That's great!
1: That was amazing. <laughs> All right. Okay.
2: <laughs> nice work. <laughs> all right. Last For all, all the barbels. Yeah. <laughs> For Sarah and Dave. No. <laughs> Picture a world where all the boys and girls are impeccably well-dressed. That delivery guy in a jacket and tie. That puppy
5: in a double breast. That 80s dude with mutton chops. That baby with a
0: lollipop. That lady cop who's kind of cute. Nothing suits them like a suit.
1: Uh, I don't know. I know I've heard it, but I can't play. Can I, can I play it again? Yes.
6: Picture a world where all the boys and girls are impeccably well dressed. That delivery guy in a jacket and tie.
3: That
5: puppy in a double breast. That eighties dude with mutton chops. That baby with a
0: lollipop. That lady cop who's kind of cute. Nothing suits him oh. like a suit.
1: How I met your mother.
2: Yeah, nice, nice pull. Well All right, it. what is our final score?
5: Uh, um, <laughs> we <whoops>. concluded. <laughs> our valued guests ended with eleven points, but alas, Sarah and Dave <laughs> ended with sixteen points.
2: Hey, good job! You know, well I feel good about it. Yeah. Okay, yep. want to play thing, guys, just for game. funsies? There's there's also a tiebreaker yep. which we can play for. Let's say for one steal.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. So first person to shout out gets it. First person to shout out, yeah. First team, okay. Or do you want to play the whole thing?
2: Uh, sure. Play the whole thing. Okay. And then, and then shout.
0: Count. Before
1: anybody answers, I'm just curious how much older we are than our guests. (laughs) I'm going to give them the opportunity to answer first.
2: Oh, that's fair. Schoolhouse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was it Sarah?
5: I, I don't actually know where that's from.
4: What, what? company?
2: What was your I have
1: flabbergasted. That is electric the famous company? pinball suits, uh, segment from Sesame Street. Oh, okay.
2: Yes. Yeah. But Sarah, you were close with the electric. Company.
1: Sarah. Sarah.
0: Dave! Dave.
1: Hey. <laughs>
5: And here's where something happens. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, that
1: is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. Uh, We did a deep analysis of the CIA thriller Jack Ryan before going around the dial with stops at The Purge and with an E. Ozark, The Big Family, Cooking Showdown, Halt and Catch Fire, and (gasps) Paradise PD. Corey, not a boy, took us. Uh, against our wills to Martha's Vineyard for the <laughs> almost no neck worthy lobster discovery episode of Gilmore Girls. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Team Buncee Cole was the winner of this week's game time. Woo! Remember.
2: We're listening. Ah!
1: I am David T. Cole, and on behalf of Tara Ariano.
2: Flesh is burning. <laughs> Sarah.
1: Deep hunting.
5: could be worse could be an os fan <laughs> emily gibson
2: going to eat all the
3: lobster this weekend
4: <laughs> and
5: caitlin mcfarland
3: dude airport novel the tv show
1: yeah <laughs> thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next time right here on extra hot hey, And let me ask you something
3: you've been doing this for how long
1: almost four years oh almost four years holy shit <laughs> that's like
0: wow
4: i am impressed Get the fuck out of my office.